The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. The cafe. Together forever and you. We're back again. We are. Back again for you. And me. And me. We just had a Friday meeting and it was freaking nuts, y'all. It was lucid. It was definitely lucid. You know, like when you take mushrooms and run through the forest Mm. and then you don't know how far you've run. Like, were you running for five minutes or were you running for an hour? Right. And it's like, did that tree really fall in the woods? You can't tell Mm -hmm. because you think you heard it. But did you really hear it? And did you even take mushrooms? Jared's got an opportunity that he's going to capitalize on at noon o'clock today. (sighs) Like usual. It's an exercise opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we're going to shred for a half an hour. I think think what we're going to talk about is something that's been on my mind for a little while, which is just kind of calling out people who were big influencers in our coffee careers early on, how they helped us out, how they helped shape like where we were. Because to be real... I don't know. I've got a whole different sphere of people who I'm looking at now. Yeah. For inspiration. True. Most of it's not in coffee necessarily. Yeah. Uh, I like being inspired by people outside of coffee, but like helping people inside of coffee. Right. But in the beginning, heavily influenced by people in coffee. Respect. Which is super tight. (laughs) I feel that. So just full blown since we're on a time crunch we're going to call it a number but we're just going to go back and forth and see we're going to go back and forth you want to start sure andy newbaum nice number one so andy if y'all don't know andy who andy did a kickstarter for a book just this last year yeah was it helped you speak spanish yeah 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 it's like spanish for green coffee buyers i'm getting the name totally wrong enough yeah sorry andy andy started and was the owner of barefoot coffee He's no longer the owner of Barefoot Coffee. Right. In San Jose, Santa Clara. They were on Stevens Creek was their original store. And I met Andy through Tony, who we talked about Tony Serrano on the podcast before, but he showed up in our hometown when I was living in Modesto. And Tony's plan was to open this cafe. And Tony kind of took me under his wing and was showing me the industry. Mm -hmm. And on that first big coffee crawl we went to, we went to Barefoot along with Blue Bottle and Ritual. This is like 2005. Ritual had just opened. It was like this new thing that nobody had ever seen before. Right. And we met Andy, and he was just like a really cool guy. Tony was kind of shopping for roasters, and he decided that Barefoot was who he was going to use. So Andy was going to be his dude. And Andy was just fucking weird, like super weird. The first time I met him, just really quirky, like this big personality super boisterous and i I could see why tony liked him a lot right because they're both just like wild in the streets and eccentric yeah we're just nuts and we're not trying to hide it and that's cool and i thought it was cool too because i was just like whoa this guy's off the fucking chain dude i don't (laughs) understand him he's putting on the ritz (laughs) he's putting on the ritz but i was gonna work for tony at this cafe that never came to fruition 
and he was going to use Andy as his coffee roaster. So the time that we met, like when we were doing that first barista competition, Andy, who didn't know me, who I was just some weird ass kid from the Valley was like, Hey, you know, you're going to compete in this thing and you don't know anything about it. I'm going to give you coffee. And he hooked me up with like 20 pounds of coffee. It was the Redwood espresso that they used to serve. And they, back in the day, they had like four or five different kinds of espresso. Right. And he did a whole tasting with me. And which one do you like the best? And I was like, I really like this Redwood one. And to me, it was like cinnamony and honey and like a little chocolate. I kind of remember it still. It was crazy. Because there wasn't a lot of good espresso back then. Right. And he hooked me up. And I was like, whoa, dude. Like, what do I need to do for you? And he's like, dude, I don't care. Like, you're passionate and you're psyched. So here, have this coffee. And he invited me to their in-house competition with their own baristas that were going to be competing, which I was so nervous. Like I had no idea what was happening. Like I was just super confused and like everyone was way better. There was this girl, Eugenia, who was just like, she was one of the first baristas I saw in person who did the stock flats move. Oh and she yeah. Was like I remember redistributing Eugenia. like yeah, a yeah. boss. The trifecta. Was, yeah. Super clean, super efficient. And I was like, damn, she's like making me nervous. So he invited me to this in-house and then along with the in-house where I got to kind of meet the people, do my little signature drink, everybody's giving each other feedback. The weekend of the competition, he's like, you should come and train in the back of our store. We got a linea set up, which was the competition machine. Come and chill, make some espresso, dial in because I'd never worked on a Lamarzoco either. Oh yeah, because we were world. on Ranchilio. Yep, it was a you know it was a semi-auto, so we turn it on and off, and it was freaking nuts. So <laughs> I just didn't. I guess what I'm driving at is Andy didn't know me at all. Right, he just saw me as someone who was like really enthusiastic and maybe had some potential. Yeah, and saw potential in me in this aspect like before anybody else did. Uh huh. Invited me into his home gave me coffee, gave me training all for free. Right. Like for no, you know, and it, Tony was going to have a cafe, but it was like deeper than that. Just like a really nice guy. Like Andy was one of the original people that started the barista guild of America. And he was kind of him and Heather. They were front runners of that. Like you, if you were a BGA member back in the day, there were some cafes that could buy in. You would have a card and you could take your BGA card and get free espresso at all these different cafes. Well, I didn't so, remember that. That's crazy. It was deep. I yeah. mean, this was like 2005. This was way back in the day. Yeah. So you could have a BGA membership card. I think maybe Clatch was doing it. And if you were in San Dimas and you rolled into Clatch, you could pull out your card and be like, hey, I'm a BGA member. Oh, cool. Espresso's on the house. And you could do that at Barefoot back in the day, too, when Andy was running it. You'd go in, like, no matter where you're from, and just be like, hey, it's like, BGA member. You're like, oh, tight. And his mission was the original driving mission for the BGA, which I don't even know if this is still what they're trying to do. But Andy's dream was to elevate the status of coffee everywhere. Right. So he's doing, like, really big specialty coffee. But what if the coffee that you got at your random cafe was just like eight out of 10 quality or even six out of 10 quality and not two out of 10. Right. So that was his thing. And I felt that from him big time. Yeah. He's, he was always passionate. He, he was, was super down. And even when, so I did, we did that competition, mm -hmm. which is where I met you and I was super charged up. Right. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to go to nationals, right. which was in North Carolina. And that was at the time where you didn't have to qualify. You could just enter in. Yeah. 
So I told Andy, and he's like, dude, come back and train. I'll give you more coffee. Hook me up with way more coffee, way more training, because his staff wasn't going for whatever reason. I think most of them weren't able to go, so I was kind of repping the barefoot game and repping his coffee. Yeah, dude. And he was just down, and I was just like, are you sure? Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. He's all, dude, you got this. And I was like, cool. So I remember I maxed out all my credit cards to buy the plane ticket. I paid so much money for extra luggage and I had a lavender plant that was alive that I brought as a carry on on the plane for me. Cause that was part of my signature Bring drink. That lavender, which is like, I took the mortar and pestle and like ground, I picked fresh lavender during my thing. On this <laughs> stupid plant, <laughs> And I'm like grinding it down. And the sick drink was pretty good. It was like lavender and you know, coffee, raw sugar, mortar and pestle it up, mix it with some coffee, give it some fluffy milk, there you I go. Know, sweet, creamy treat. Yeah, dude. whatever. But Andy's one of my first big memories in coffee because he's the first person who's just like, dude, I believe in you. Took the time. Took the time. And I wasn't even his staff member. And I thought that was just fucking killer as a community. Yeah. And so I'm just like always indebted to him. Shout out to Newbong. You're number one stunner. That was kind of a long story. but Nah, that's chill. Yeah, I could go on forever about it. It means a lot to me. I mean, he's helped us out a bunch of times in the past. He let us come practice for competitions multiple times even after that, you and I. Dude, the more I think about it, the more I think he was a bigger influence on the way that we think about stuff for me specifically than I even realized. Because when we, years later, when we were working at Verve, and Barefoot had that other roastery, and they were the first people in the area to have one of the when the comp machine switched over to Simonelli. Right. They had one of the first Simonelli right. like comp machines, and here we are, basically, quote unquote, competitors to him and his whole wholesale program and everything. And he's just like, "Yeah, dude, come and practice." Like full invitation. It was so sick. They set aside the whole practice room for us. Everyone was there. We came yeah, in. They judged us. Christian, gave us feedback. Yeah, Christian was like roasting. Everybody's squad watches. It was fun. And I'm just... And now we're kind of doing... We're down to do the same things for people. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see other people as that. competitors. It's just part of the community. Yep. It's like, why aren't other people like that? Yeah. Like, that's fucking huge. You're a good dude, Andy. It's looking outside yourself. So Andy the walrus new ball, dude, because of his beard. He reminds me of a walrus. Dude, when he has that mustache. Yeah, dude, deep, he dude. deep. Look into Andy. Um, I remember same same year, that first comp, dude, I rolled in and uh, you went through my <laughs> went through my routine and was learning things. And, and Brent Fortune actually came alongside myself and and he you know sought me out and he's like hey you're definitely new here aren't you and uh, as if it wasn't obvious enough by the way i looked (laughs) but a deer in the headlights and i look like a wannabe surfer but uh kind of the same thing he like he he made sure to keep in contact through that whole weekend and he was a head judge and and brent was brent was pretty big time in the judging community he set up along with a few other people, basically all of the judges' calibrations for every event, right, around that time forever. Brent was heavily involved. He was international judge. He was everywhere. And he made, he, yeah, he's he actually was a, um, a podcast guest, I don't know, he was probably almost first. a year ago. So, yeah, if you go back and listen, he's got a freaking insane story. I encourage you to do it. Brent Fortune, don't forget. Ooh, I'll put a link to that episode. Yeah, we should definitely put that. description. It might be a two-parter, but he he crushed... He did so much for the coffee industry. But, yeah, what he did for me is, at that point, he was owning a coffee company and, and uh, bakery called Crema in Crema, Portland. Portland. Yeah, and so he invited myself and, at the time, Colby and... Sean and we met up with Ryan before we opened Verve and we went up there and we hung out with Brent and just 
learned a lot. He introduced us to all the coffee people up there. So he introduced us to Bill Will and all these people. And then he and I became really good friends. He let us stay at his house and took us to eat, showed us around. And then he just kept on hitting me up and, and connecting with people. So he connected me with all the people at Intelli LA and found out we like Disneyland and shit together. So we started, we started just continuing down this pathway and he kind of was, was a bit of a coffee mentor, but more so in the way where he was like, I'm going to connect you with all the right people because, and the same way he saw, you know, opportunity and in me and talent. And he just, he thought I was going to do a good job. And so he wanted me to get around all the right people that I could learn from. And it, it was a really cool thing. And then when Verve opened, he came by a bunch and he stayed with us and, you know, he, he gave a lot of free advice on quality and, even up until the year when I made the national finals, like he showed up to my practice times and would like taste my coffee and give feedback to it. And so he was always just like a cool and he still is involved in our, in my life less so now, but he still has always been there and it's been really, really cool to have somebody like him be so positive, believe and it's hard to overstate the value of someone like him, especially in the era because you didn't have a connection to other baristas except for at the competition because yeah. you're living in like a pre-Instagram, pre-Twitter world. Yeah. You can't just instantly connect with all these other people. You know, they live in different states than you sometimes. Oh, yeah. And like maybe you have a MySpace, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But because that's what was going on at the time. It was all phone conversations and so text messages. He's just bringing people like, hey, like you should talk to these other people. Yeah. Like, well, and most... Yeah, totally. And what was even cooler and and rad is he was expanding my horizons as far as like flavor and coffee because he was judging the world at that time. He was yeah. the head judge of like the... He knew what was happening everywhere. So he would talk about it and say, hey, this is the best coffee over here. And he would describe it and say, hey, if you want to work on your roasting, it needs to taste a little more like this, that, and the other. This is the quality that'll get you to the world championships. And he is definitely a big part of how I went from you know, middle back of the pack, um, quality wise to, you know, finals material pretty quickly. Yeah. It's funny. Cause that era, there was a lot of, that was a big cultural shift because I feel like before him, <clears throat> a lot of the judges were almost in the business of punishing baristas, right? Telling you what to do wrong, but not telling you how it could be better. Exactly. Not really explaining the score sheet, just being like, yeah, this is a two. Exactly. Congratulations. Yep. Like what, what do I need to do better? Well, we don't really talk about that. Yeah. Let's just, just keep See you trying. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> Have a fucking great life. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. So Be he was forged. rad. I mean, he was, he took us on that camping. He got us to all go on that camping trip. You know, Ryan Wilbur, Devin, you and Drew. He even brought us together that night that we got sushi. Right. Yeah. yeah which totally. was even before that. And that was like early. Yeah. Early when we started hanging out. Because we had met before. Yep. But then like we were not super acquainted, but then he's like, I'm getting sushi with these guys. Yeah, and then he's come. also getting sushi with this guy. He's like, you guys should all go. And we're like, I'm like, yeah, totally. I'll go. I yeah. met those guys before. That was so fun. Yeah. Totally. And that was the first night we all hung out. And Ryan, that was in, Ryan Brown there too. In Petaluma at the weird, I remember it ended being, up being there. really good. I remember being good. I can't, I can't remember the flavors. I remember enjoying it, but I don't know if it was just because the people, I was just like, this is fucking yeah. sick. I think it might've been like the first time I ever had a meal like that. I was like, this is cool. I'm, I was in, like, I'm in that industry. This is what a grown up people do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he felt felt like such a boss. Dude. Yeah, dude. I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
I remember it's funny because Brent's not like that much older than us, really. Yeah. But he felt like he was so much older than us. Like I oh, felt like sure. we were little kids and he was just he a was grown so, up who knew it all. Yeah, he was on. So polished. I was just like, oh, Brent, how can I be like you? He was so tight to us. He made his house open to us, too, when we'd travel. If yeah. We're up in Portland. He's like, come stay. And he's All like, the time. Make us smoothies for breakfast. And it's... And it's not just us too. Like he's like that with a lot of people, which I think is cool. It's right. community hub because it's confusing to be in an industry that's so young and know you have passion for it, but not know what to do. Totally. So he's like someone you can talk to. Yeah. He had a lot of good info, insight, insight and info. Insight. In so. So yeah, that was, that was the first one that comes to mind and the first one that actually brought the heat like that. Brent brought the heat, dude. Brent Forch. Be Forch. Hmm. Who else? Go for, go for one more. One more? Yeah, go for one more. We're running on. We're running. Go out for of time. one more, but just not as deep of a story. Oh gosh, is, um, that, is that impossible? It might be impossible, but we'll combo, combo bonus Eileen and Jeremy. There you go. Together for completely different reasons. Okay. So when I first started working for Ritual, everybody knows Jer- Jeremy took her owns Four Barrel, but he was one of the founders of Ritual, him and Eileen owned it together. And when yeah. I started working there, they were both, you know, 50-50 co-owners. This is our coffee roasting company. Eileen was one of the first people that I ever worked for. I think the first person that I ever worked for that took feedback from her staff to heart. Right. And I didn't really understand what that meant. I, it was so confusing to me. I was like, wait, what? You're listening to your employees? That is super weird. And it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't specifically with me because, you know, when I came in, they'd been around for nine months or a year or something like that. And I was the new guy, even though I was part of like that first or second wave of hires. But the first wave was like Ryan Brown, Gabe Biscana, Shane, Devora, like these people. And Eileen would regularly have powwows with them. And my experience with work up until that point was always, cool, you go to work, you do whatever your boss tells you, you get in trouble sometimes, and then you go home. Every once in a while, you get it right. But nobody ever asked your opinion. Right. No one's ever like, hey, is there a way we could do this? What do you, why don't you be in charge of this? And I was just like, what the fuck is this going on? And I remember also having some unique challenges and things that I was working through in my career there to where I needed my schedule to be a little bit more flexible. I needed, I just needed different things and I knew I was contributing to the company, but I just didn't want to be a pain in the ass. And I was so scared to ask for those things. Right. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. We can do that for you. Like your work is good. You're doing a great job. You, You know, you should have this, flexibility and i was like really like we rewarded some hard work it was cool right i'd never experienced that before for sure i i remember just getting just like run through by bosses in the past not even intentionally but no one had ever just given a shit so i was just like wow that was that was amazing and even when i left and at the time that i left jeremy was already gone so when i quit i had to tell eileen that i was quitting and i was just still no matter how good she was to me i was just like scared shitless of her right just because she's like awesome and intimidating and i looked up to her a lot powerful and badass so i didn't want to tell her that i was leaving even though i had you know like my own reasons and it didn't have to do with her right for the record like that still was one of my best jobs the only reason i left is because san francisco was not the place for me and i was never going to live there on the regular for the long term and 
it's Santa Cruz was just a much better option right at the time. Quality life still for you. is. I love it here. It's great. So I told her and she was again, super gracious. She's like, that she's like, I'm so happy for you to be able to find the place where you fit in. And like, I think it's going to be great for you and we're going to miss you. And like, she started crying and I started crying too. Yeah. I was just like, Oh shit. Cause it was emotional. I you mean, know, I was babe, like, yeah, it was a, a big, a part, big of part of it was going on. And it, it was, it was during an era where people were kind of branching out and finding their own things. And I don't know. I, I took a lot away from her and just knowing that like, you know, people, your employees aren't necessarily, it's the first time I'd seen someone that says like, they're just not like this annoying thing that you have to deal with. Right. Like people can have cool ideas. Right. Now, not everyone's going to be a good one, but it's nice to consider them. Yeah. So I just felt considered. And the fact that she even did is a big deal. Yeah. And Jeremy was the whole other opposite reason. Jeremy was like a weird superhero barista for me. Cause he was like the person that I wanted to impress on like the coffee front. Right. Like, I was like, I want to show this motherfucker that I can pull espresso. Cause he was the fastest, like seeing him work bar is just that, another world of fucking shit that you can't even imagine. Like it was <laughs> nuts, dude. He was just a speed demon, but he was at the same time. He could connect with people. He was so high energy, so stoked. And for being someone who a lot of people think of him as just like fucking punk rock or whatever, like he's like so good at interacting with people while he's doing that. And then he did crazy stuff. Like we would have, um, we were so busy. We'd have steam wand, uh, rebuilds. You'd have like steam wand valve assemblies, like set aside downstairs. We'd, would you have like a race? No, he would change them out in the middle of a rush. Like a valve would go down and he would pull it off the FB 70. Like while he was still making coffee, back panel off side panel off. Boom. Steam valve off in like a minute. And then the new one back on dialed in. Like while he's making coffee, I was like, what the fuck is going on? That's here? sick. I'd never seen anybody do that. And I, it was just like the combination of just like, dude, I can do this, right? I can make it fucking rain and you're not even going to trip. And there was this, he had the showy aspect to it to where he wanted people to know that he could do it. Right. And I kind of appreciated that because I kind of like that like show like, eh, I'm kind of a boss. Like we, we could deal with this. Yeah. So he was always like, okay, I want to be like that. Right. I just... I still remember the first shot of Hairbender because we were a Stumptown account before yeah. it started roasting that I made him that he said was okay. And he gave it, I gave it to him. And this was after, you know, I spent three months not on bar. Then I finally got on bar. And then I was making him coffee for like weeks. <clears throat> I gave him one and he tasted it. And he turned around, like walked the other way, took like two steps, turned back around. He's like, yeah, sounds pretty good. And I was like, yes. <laughs> You're all, I know, right? <laughs> That's so sick. And he was the first like beast barista that I ever worked with. Yeah. So the two of them, for completely different reasons, super influential. That's sick. Yeah, in my career. I was going to say, I have a few, but I'm going to go with a lady because then I can just bounce this thing out. And uh, Heather Perry, I'm going to call her out right now. Jeez. I know. Yeah. But it's funny because our our relationship started out intimidating that same first year. You and I were on the same training station practice as her machine. practice machine. Good Lord. And she had already won one. So she knew if she just bogarted it, then she would get all of her time. And she wasn't remember? trying to be mean, but she's just like, I know what I'm doing. And she just took it. It was her mom was like filling up her uh-huh. hopper, right like massaging her beans. Yeah. Just like shaking it up and moving Mike's it around. There. <laughs> so their whole squad's there and Chris and I are like waiting our turn all nice. Like, I wonder what the steam was like looking at like. each other <laughs> and she's crushing it. So she started off there and as she 
at that point, she wasn't taking me seriously. She barely talked to me. But over the next year or two, she started seeing that I was progressing and that I was going to be somebody in the industry, not not in the cool way, but that I was going to stick around. And so then she started offering me feedback about my presentations. And I remember her came, she came up to me and she's all, you know, you're never going to win with that soundtrack. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's awesome. People like it. And she goes, who cares what the people like? She goes, you got to start doing what the judges like. And she started and she, and it was cool. She wasn't being a dick to me. She, then she sat down next to me and she started just talking. And we talked about this and maybe on even the last episode of the episode before, but how she talks, she's like, so what do you think about this? And why are you doing that? And here's what I do and why I win. And, nah, 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 nah. and, and she started just walking through that stuff with me. And I remember talking to her for like two hours out of nowhere, kind of. And I was like, Oh, this, this girl kind of sees me now as not necessarily a peer, but somebody who's like there, who's like yeah. on the way. And she started, you're part of the game. Yeah. She's like, you're a yeah, she res- it was a, res- a respected person. Yeah. She's like, I want something for you. Like you've got something that I like. And then at the end of the conversation, I remember being like, I mean, I'm excited to hear your soundtrack tomorrow, by the way, because I had a really fun time. But if you want to win, you got to like make it feel more professional. Did you change it that I night? Did, I did change. I, th- I think I changed like one song, but it was not much. And But the next year, and I did do better, I did change my soundtrack a bit. And it was definitely because of her influence. And even then, I remember her giving me feedback and be like, man, you've you've come a long way. And I guess it was like, three seasons at that point of competing. She's like, you come a really long way. And I think that was when like our biggie video came out and stuff like that. And she mentioned that she'd taste my signature drink. She's like, yeah, that maybe is one of the best signature drinks I've ever tasted. And that, you know, so it's always been cool. And, and again, I talked about it in the last episode or whatever about how she still to this day talks to, I think she did look up to me after Verve in a while, as far as like business and training and getting a lot of people to do things, you know, you and I obviously, but she talked to me about it and she would ask how we did things. And she, she definitely took some, some cues from us in that way. And it felt really good to, to be on a level where it was like a mutual respect from this person that I always like was intimidated by as well Yeah, and looked up to. And she still this day, I'm sure could, if she had the passion could be the best competitor out there i mean her whole squad i mean like you know todd comes on board and then now he's like a full-blown ridiculous champion you know and she's coaching all these people the the perry household's got it dialed over there yeah they know what's up i love how she can always say exactly what she's thinking in the most blunt way and you don't feel like a douchebag yeah you just respect it yeah it's not like this person's a dick or something no it's just like whoa okay that's heavy yeah you Even know? so much that like Britney, like everyone, Britney met her for the first time. She was like, that girl's cool. <laughs> Britney doesn't like anybody. Yeah. Britney, when you first <laughs> meet her, she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> so, nah. It was freaking amazing. Yeah. She is freaking next. I remember the first time she talked to me. I was like, oh, you're talking to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, know. I feel special right now. <laughs> I'm cool. Because she said like in the video that they made for the finalists in 2008, there where they asked everybody which coffees they had this weekend and what did they like and this is played in front of the whole competition she's like i didn't taste anybody else's coffee i'm just trying to win i'm, I'm <laughs> so tasting my sick. coffee dialing <laughs> my stuff in every time oh, i was like oh wow yeah i was like <laughs> cool <laughs> no pc there <laughs> that's that's intense yeah bring that heat yeah so i every time i see her i yeah i, I always feel connected because i feel like she coached me in a way and helped me and she would. She'd always come by and taste my coffee and give a little feedback, you know, and, and Pilacata is another one, but I can't talk about him on this episode. We're running out of time, but 
he was a good one. And just so you know, Pete, you're in, you're definitely in there. Pete, uh, you're okay. Yeah, yeah there's more. Bill I mean, Will I wanted me to, out too. Yeah, I, Bill you. Will was on my list, so I had five that I wanted to do. Bill Will was one of them. Yeah, we can cut this thing short because yeah. of life or whatever. But I think we should end with saying that you know, if you are in a position of power, like a person of influence, or like if you're a champion or if you own a company or whatever, right. you're a representative of the industry and just don't forget it because people take what you say and do pretty seriously. And you, you have the potential to influence people in a really positive way right? or like a really shitty way. Totally. You know? Yeah. And that's like weighty. And that, I mean, that kind of stuff that we just talked about, that shit changed my life. Right. Like, yeah, Maria Cleveland's no, on that list for me, and so is Julia Mayer. No stretch, Castle. Julia for sure. Yeah, like and now Todd by proxy. Like yeah. Julia was the original, and Todd was just like, "I'm gonna help out in the cafe." Right, and now he's like, they're both like on the squad together. But it's like people like that. Like our lives would not be the same 100%. without those people. Yeah, so keep that in mind when you talk to people. Heard that? Heard that? All right, let's get you to the gym, bro. Yeah, dude, and let's uh, maybe hear from Alex. Who knows? Let's hear from out. Alex. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh man i hate doing second takes i always feel like first one was it one and done um all right here we go what's up y'all this is alex from cat and cloud i run the wholesale partner program and i uh, just wanted to talk to you today for a few minutes about our wholesale program at cat and cloud we're on a mission to leave people feeling happier than they were before and one of the ways that we accomplish this mission is with our wholesale partner program we're talking really good coffee delivered to your business with positive vibes. We're actively looking for new wholesale partners that vibe with our mission and values. And wholesale is so important to our business. It gives us the opportunity to extend our mission to reach so many more people than we can in our retail stores. It also gives us the ability to do so many cool things for our employees, like sending them on trips to Origin to pick out coffees for us, bringing them with us to the SCA Expo, sending them to the Disney Institute for external education. All these things we've been able to do so far and the list just goes on. As our wholesale partner, we want to do anything we can to support you. We offer a bunch of volume-based benefits that are designed to make you stoked out on life and just have an awesome time working with us. Things like espresso training, featuring your shop on our Instagram page, hosting you on our podcast, paying for your SCA pass. And if you're stoked on this partnership as we are and you want to be exclusive with us, we can take you on a trip to Origin to pick out exclusive lots of coffee that you'll love, make a sweet YouTube video profile of your shop. And we can even send Chris and Jared to work on your bar for for a couple days. So if you feel like you're sharing our values and you want to work with a wholesale coffee partner that can help you grow your business and stoke you out all the time, holler at us by sending an email to wholesale at catandcloud.com. Wholesale at catandcloud.com. Alex out. <laughs> <laughs>